Hi, friends. I want to let everybody know that after a longer delay than I had initially planned, I'm opening up Flourishing at Work in Academia as a year-long renewable membership program for academic folks. The doors open in October 2022, but enrollment is ongoing. Flourishing is a membership because flourishing is a mindset that requires practice. The get it all done in eight weeks boot camp mentality added more rush and pressure for me and for my clients than felt good. And so over the course of a year, each month in the membership, I'll share content and tools on a topic that's relevant to your professional development. And this is not the content that HR and faculty affairs put out. No budgets, banner, tableau, no databases, no scheduling forms, no class schedules. In Flourishing at Work in Academia, we talk about defining success for yourself, creating a vision for your current career stage that's simple and actionable, prioritizing your time and attention on the things that really matter to you, what boundaries actually look like, developing a warm audience for your scholarship, community, trust, and a good mindset for doing the work that you're meant to do in this world. And as a member, you will also get to experience me challenging you a little bit on things like why tracking your time might make sense, why LinkedIn isn't that bad, and what developing a mindfulness practice might look like and what the benefits might be. We'll meet live twice a month, and you can watch the recording if the time doesn't work out for you, and you can watch past recordings if from before your join date. Um, in the first session, I'll offer more content. In the second session of the month, we'll do coaching, Q&A, things like that. This is not a pre-recorded class, but an evolving community of people who want to be well while doing good in the world. I invite you to go to my website and click on Work With Me. And under Group Coaching, you'll find the enrollment link for Flourishing at Work in Academia. The direct link is also in the podcast description on your podcatcher for this episode. You can also email me at jennifer at jenniferaskey.com and I'll get you enrolled and we'll set up your one-on-one onboarding call so that you can chart your path through the year with me. Um, I really look forward to seeing you in the membership because I believe that personal and professional development for academics is pretty much the same thing. So let's join hands and work on that together. Thank you. Welcome to the Mindful Academy podcast with me, Jennifer Askey. I'm a professional certified coach and academic workplace consultant. On this podcast, I talk about doing well personally so that you can perform well professionally. I talk about intentional career planning and about how to get out of your own way and align yourself with success. Thank you for joining me. Welcome and thank you so much for being here today. The topic of our episode today is give yourself an A. And this is a slightly different format than I usually do on the podcast. Today, I'm going to share a few pages from a book with you. This book was published in 2000, and its title is The Art of Possibility, written by Rosamond Stone Zander. 
and Benjamin Zander. Um, and the um, and Rosamond Stone Zander is, I believe, an executive um, coach and therapist. And Benjamin Zander was is a music teacher and at the time of writing was um, the conductor of the Boston Symphony. Um, so the the reason I'm sharing a part of a chapter from The Art of Possibility with you today is because I want you to think of giving yourself an A as a thought experiment or giving an A to a project, giving an A to another person, to a class. Um, I want to think, I want you to think about this as a thought experiment because the practice of giving an A that I'm going to invite you to think about might inspire you to change the way you think about grading students. That's one possibility. It might change the way you interact with others and your expectations of those interactions. And the kicker for me, the real important thing for me, is it may change the way you evaluate yourself on a daily basis. So I'm going to read from chapter two. Um, In my paperback version, this starts on page 26. Um, And he begins by talking about the oft-quoted bit from Michelangelo that inside every block of stone or marble dwells a beautiful statue, and it's the job of the artist to chip away the things that aren't aren't part of the statue in order to reveal that beauty within. And then he writes, We call this practice giving an A. It's an enlivening way of approaching people that promises to transform you as well as them. It's a shift in attitude that makes it possible for you to speak freely about your own thoughts and feelings, while at the same time you support others to be all they dream of being. The practice of giving an A transports your relationships from the world of measurement into the world and universe of possibility. An A can be given to anyone in any walk of life to a waitress, to your employer, to your mother-in-law, to the members of the opposite team, and to the other drivers in traffic. When you give an A, you find yourself speaking to people not from a place of measuring how they stack up against your standards, but from a place of respect that gives them room to realize themselves. Your eye is on the statue within the roughness of the uncut stone. The A is not an expectation to live up to, but a possibility to live into. Okay, that's the end of what I'm reading for right now. And then he goes on to talk about an experiment he did at the New England Conservatory with students in a particular class where they had to write a letter to him dated the end of the semester explaining why they got an A. And they wrote things like, I wrote an A because I had the courage to examine my fears. I received an A because I worked hard and thought hard about myself. I became a new person. These are the sorts of processes, the transformations that made the students think that like, this is the possibility I am stepping into where that A is very much deserved. Okay, and then he goes on to talk a little bit about being obsessed with grades and competition and how that kind of stifles creativity. And so if you give everybody an A, what do you open up in terms of possibility and creativity for students in this case or for yourself? So I'm going to skip a few pages. I'm going to read a little bit more. So this is on page 33. 
Often people are quite uncomfortable with the idea of granting the unearned A because it seems to deny the actual differences between one person's accomplishments and another. We are not suggesting that people be blind to accomplishment. Nobody wants to hear a violinist who can't play the notes or to be treated by a doctor who has not passed the course. Standards can help us by defining the range of knowledge a student must master to be competent in their field. It is not in the content of, excuse me, it is not in the context of measuring people's performance against standards that we propose giving an A, despite the reference to measurement that the A implies. We give the A, now listen, listen up, kids. We give the A to finesse the stranglehold of judgment that grades have over our consciousness from our earliest days. The A is an intervention that creates possibility for both mentor and student manager and employee, or for any human interaction. The practice of giving the A allows the teacher to line up with her students in their efforts to produce the outcome, rather than lining up with the standards against these students. In the first instance, the instructor and the student, or the manager and the employee, become a team for accomplishing the extraordinary. In the second, the disparity in power between them can become a distraction and an inhibitor, drawing energy away from productivity and development. And I hope that that you can see how the practice of approaching everything with what we might call um, critical thinking, discernment, judgment, Approaching everything from our classrooms to our writing and research to our domestic lives to campus politics to our colleagues, if we approach all of that with our evaluative lens on, we give power to arbitrary standards, right? The A is fake. It really is. When I was in high school in the Omaha public school system in the 80s, An A was 93% and higher Um, Then I went to university, and an A was 90 and higher. And then I moved to Canada, and an A is 85 and higher. The A is made up. It's just made up. And so approaching everything with the evaluative lens on says there are standards and good and bad is measured exclusively in your distance from standards. And what does that do to our notion of possibility, our notion of creativity, our notion of being welcomed into the space as a contributor, right? I think of students in this regard. I think of first-generation students or students from marginalized backgrounds. Um, And in the last episode, I talked about proving yourself, right? If, if you get the A, if you know you're getting the A, metaphorically or for real, and the burden of proving yourself fart falls away, what kinds of possibilities are opened up? So I think there's one more excerpt of this that I want to look at, and you'll probably hear me flipping through, um, flipping through my book a little bit. Um, Oh, there's a story about redefining your history by giving your parents an A, which is charming. Yeah. Um, Okay. 
I'll read a little bit about the parental thing because, and I'll get to this at the end of the podcast, I think that this giving of the A has just as much validity outside of our employment setting at home than it does in our employment setting. Okay, so on page 50, they write, many of us suffer from the conviction that our parents withheld from us an A. Often the advice we receive delivered with an earnest, pitying look, is you can't change people. Though most of us will go to our graves trying. That adage is true, of course, in the world of measurement, where people and things are fixed in character. However, in the universe of possibility, you certainly can change people. They change as you speak. You may ask, who actually is doing the changing? And the answer is the relationship. Because in the arena of possibility, everything occurs in that context. So if this sounds interesting to you, I will invite you to check out from the library or spend $15 on a copy of um, The Art of Possibility by the Zanders. It's a book that fell into my lap the week I moved to Canada. We were house-sitting for some acquaintances, and it has a bright yellow cover and spoke to me. And I was you know, in the middle of this massive upheaval. And I saw a title that said The Art of Possibility. And I thought, oh my God, I need that. And I remember it being transformative at the time. Um, but this was before I knew what coaching was. I couldn't quite figure out how to contextualize their practices in my own life. Um, because I wasn't teaching at the time. I didn't know what my future was going to hold. And I just reread it um, last month. 11 years later, as a coach with a lot of training in practices that look a lot like the practices that are recommended in the book, I thought, aha, this is, this is a self-coaching manual. And the practice of giving an A is beautiful for, for you, for my people, because it takes this notion of classroom evaluation and personal evaluation and plays with it in really productive ways. So what I want to hold on to here are three things. The first is, let's talk for a second about how you approach student grades. So Ben Zander is talking about a conservatory environment full of keeners, um, and that maybe isn't your typical classroom. But, you know, as often as you and I hear complaints about students' obsessions with grades, perhaps flipping the script on evaluation is a useful idea. There are experiments in ungrading, of course, in creating class contracts and other forms of collective or collaborative evaluation that all put a dent in this notion of the professor having the ultimate measuring stick of student performance and student worth. But Ben Zander points out in the book that the notion of giving an A to these to students at the beginning of the semester and having them then account for the behavior and practices and transformations they are going to undergo during the course of the semester and then inhabit that person that they are becoming is the journey to getting the A and makes it worthwhile. Um, And I think that's really quite powerful because we're not just talking about deliverables and outputs, but a journey, right? So you might think about what are the learning outcomes that really matter to you and your students? How might you give them an A or invite them to give themselves an A 
by aligning their actions with the self they become as they do to do the work to get the A that they want to give themselves, right? What is worth it to them? What is worth it to you? What is worth an A? Because it's not just numbers of words on pages, right? There's more happening there in a transformational educational experience. So how might you capture that through a practice like giving the A? The second thing I want to hold on to is, is the same principle applying to encounters with people over whom you have far less authority. <laughs> so this might be your colleagues, the person on the customer service team at the airline, the audience at a conference, right? Here, the Xanders suggest that as indiv- individuals, we have a great deal of power and autonomy to define the audience that we are encountering. If we go into an interview or a conference presentation or the phone queue at Air Canada, anticipating that we're going to be met with hostility and incompetence, um, it will come then as no surprise when we actually experience both hostility and incompetence. We have given these people a big fat F in advance. However, if we approach these encounters by giving our colleagues, our audience, our customer service agents, our kids, our partner, an A in advance, we're aligning ourselves with them, with their better selves, right? And inviting them into a space where they are the A-team performers. These are the people we want to work with. These are the people we want to educate. We want to collaborate with and create with and explore with. They're the perfect partners for us because we have given them an A the relationship changes, and there's maybe more space for them to inhabit that possibility of being the perfect collaborative partner for you at that moment in time. The most important element of giving an A, though, is the third one that I want you to hold on to. And that's when that comes when you think about giving an A to yourself. So I frequently conduct a year in review and year ahead planning session at the beginning of the calendar year. These sessions involve recognizing what went really well in the past year and then setting goals and targets for the next year. And because I am still slowly weaning myself from the belief that my performance and output are the only things that matter, my year ahead planning does not focus exclusively on deliverables, although they are there. I have targets, I have goals, I have boxes I want to check off, right? And I imagine that yours probably do too, right? Whether you're doing monthly goals or quarterly goals or yearly goals, do they only involve getting things done and being productive, making more words happen than you did last year? If so, let's flip the script a bit. For your current class, your current paper, presentation, monograph, whatever the big project is, sit down and determine why you are going to deserve an A. And this isn't just a matter of, I'll get it done and revise it 20 times and have seven people read it for me so that I know it's perfect and then it will get published and then I will get an A. Rather, How are you going to align yourself with the possibilities of you and your best self in the space of creating this work? So are you going to get an A on the article you are working on because you are brave enough to put a new tentative idea out there? 
because you invested in a new process for research and writing, because you stuck to your commitment to yourself to write every day for at least 15 minutes, right? These are ways to get an A, to give yourself an A. If you think about a class that you're teaching, what about giving them an A? Because they're the perfect group to join you in exploring the topic, because they are helping to create the standards of excellence for the course, because they are each taking on a project that lets their gifts shine. Right? All of those are reasons for those students to give themselves an A and for you to align with them in their creation of that possibility. So today, because I was thinking about this episode, I was reflecting on giving an A with one of my clients. And they usefully pointed out that, like most of us in academic life, of course, they were going to get the A because that is, after all, how they wound up here, right? And you, dear listener, always get A's. And I, most of the time, there was that econ class as an undergrad that was kind of a gong show. Yeah, intermediate microeconomics, that was a B minus. But mostly, I got A's, right? Um, So... My client and I kept talking and and sort of circling and digging at this, and it emerged that, yep, professionally, academically, they gave themselves A's all the time. But at home, with their partner and their kids, they were in the habit of giving themselves and their children a big fat F for not meeting up to the standards, the arbitrary yardstick standards of being a certain kind of parent, of being a certain kind of child of being a certain kind of partner. And so that's where we we stopped and dug a little bit. What happens if you give yourself an A as a mother or as a father? What are you going to do this week to deserve that? What are you going to do this week to deserve the A you're giving yourself as a mentor or supervisor, right? So this practice of giving yourself an A is super useful when you feel the creep of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, right? When you start shoulding all over yourself. And if you say it'll be good enough when and only when, right? That is a a clear sign that maybe you need to detach a little bit from the world of measurement and step into the world of creative possibility. So how might your interior landscape shift, right? Not just the outputs, but how might your feelings and thoughts shift if you give yourself an A ahead of time and then get clear on how you're going to align yourself and your beliefs and your thoughts and your emotions and your actions with that outcome? You can expand beyond simple delivery and performance into a space of transformation and change. You can become a different person right? You become the person who gets the A because you are focused on the possibility of the A, not focused on the arbitrary distance between you where you are now and the mythical A off in the distance. So if you're into homework and in coaching, we frequently offer clients homework and we say you can agree to do it, you can reject it, or you can amend it to suit your needs. So I offer you this and you can take it on, you can reject it, or you can amend it to suit your needs. I would love to hear how you might choose to give yourself an A this week. And I would love to hear that in 
um, on Instagram or in Facebook. You can tag me. There'll be a post for this episode. Um, and tell me why you're going to give yourself an A or what project are you going to give yourself an A on and why? I'd love to hear it. Thank you so much for being here this week. I look forward to being in your ears again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mindful Academy podcast. For questions about this episode, suggestions for future episodes, or to request a consultation with me, email me at jennifer at jenniferaskey.com. This episode was recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 lands. The songs included in the intro and outro for this podcast are Heartache by Silent Partner and Piano Store by Jimmy Fontanez of Media Right Productions, both sourced through the audio library. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.